So you're getting older and things are starting to change with your body, your skin. Oh, let's face it, everything. Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Anti-Aging Uncensored, the show for driven women who want real solutions to defy their age. I'm your host, Jill Gilbert, digital health leader and entrepreneur. I'm a self-proclaimed product junkie as well as an overly obsessed fan of anti-aging breakthroughs and cutting-edge health solutions. And I'm going to help you tackle the challenging and oh-so-extraordinary next years of your lives. Now let's dive into the latest episode of Anti-Aging Uncensored. Today, I'm joined by Jocelyn Kopak to talk about something that has woken so many of us up this year. As we get older, we get more and more set in our ways. Surprise, surprise. And it's tough to make the shift from what we think we know and what we're already so comfortable with to a new perspective that we might be slightly uncomfortable with. Now stick with me here. On this week's episode, we're focusing on personal growth. Yeah, I know that sounds like a lot of woo-woo to you, but no matter our age, growth keeps us young. It keeps us active. It enables us to be better humans to our friends, families, colleagues, and the whole world. Personal growth might feel slightly self-serving to you, but quite the contrary in this situation. Let's welcome in Jocelyn Kopak for this powerful conversation. I am so happy to have you here, Jocelyn. I actually met you in the height of what was going on with the country when there was that, uh, you know, a major uprising this year against racial inequality. It was, I believe we met in June and we had the opportunity to chat a little bit in depth. I'm not sure if you remember (laughs) that, but yeah. You were actually really helpful in helping me kind of understand what my own eyes didn't see. I I had another very good friend of mine, Ronnie, who also um, sort of was that, I don't know if that was that mirror in front of me, but she she definitely was. Sounding board. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sounding board and just, you know, listener. Um, So, and this year has brought Back Lives Matter to the forefront. Um, For me, and like I just mentioned, it was a profound awakening to my role in letting racism continue and and continue to run rampant. Um, so to this day, um, yeah, so it was it was uh, it was definitely an awakening for me. So I know you're you are a business growth and marketing strategist, but you immediately during this time stepped up to help businesses navigate this rocky new world for them, correct? Yeah, I was, I I mean, I've been training on DEI for years, uh, mostly in the corporate, like corporate, corporate. DEI, DEI, you have to, you have to uh, Diversity, equity, and inclusion, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, basically how to deal with people that are different (laughs) Um, and then, and then how to make sure businesses are working. And I actually uh, used to train a, a bunch on working with millennials. <laughs> really? <laughs> Back when that was a thing. Yeah. So, um, and how to, <laughs> how to start working in your workforce and, and, and moving your management over to millennials and hiring millennials and keeping millennials. And, you know, cause a lot of businesses wow. are having a really hard time. With yeah. That, that just kind of shows a little bit of my age, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and so that was, that was back when I actually started working on DEI, um, a lot less when it came to race and things like that. But, um, when, 
everything went down this spring and, and everybody's eyes were kind of like, oh, like they were opening and they were seeing things that they'd never really, either they'd seen and they didn't care or they'd seen and, and kind of were like, oh, somebody else is going to take care of that or, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. Um, I, I don't know who it was. I, I, I blame one of my business friends that knew what I was doing uh, corporately, but uh, <laughs> they commented on a post like, oh, you should talk to Jocelyn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, it kind of blew up from there. On oops, <laughs> well, but, I was um, I was I'm, lucky enough to meet you during that time. So um. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people that 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 I I got to meet during the time, which was it's just aw- awesome because I I'm a teacher at heart, so I would rather have you learn now mm-hmm. um, instead of learn after you've failed. Um, because if you learn from failure, especially when it comes to social justice issues, that means you were doing something seriously wrong, and it's yep. hard to come back from that, right? It's hard to kind of convince people that your actions, your thoughts, your words, everything are going to change um, because you were ignorant, especially now, right? Like you, you can't mm-hmm. claim ignorance now. <laughs> Right. Um, Claim indifference, but you can't claim ignorance. (laughs) Well, and hopefully, um, well, we're going to dive into some of this stuff uh, today in our conversation. So I actually want to start off the conversation with something that I might have ended the conversation with, which is, so it's, you know, it's so many months later now, where do you think the state of things are at the moment? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm in the U.S., so that that kind of puts a bias on me just because the rest of the world works very differently depending on where you are. Um, and my biggest thing, because I work in the online entrepreneurship space like 99% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest thing is people are starting to forget. Um, and, and, and I don't even want to say forget, but, uh, you know, like after you have a fight and you're mad about it for a few days, then you <laughs> cool off yes. and you're like it's whatever right that's kind of that's kind of the phase we're in is like that cool off period we're like I remember it happening but it's okay it's whatever um and there's a lot of people that came out in the beginning of like May June time uh era where they were like I didn't know I was ignorant um and now they're starting to become lax they didn't actually educate themselves they bought a book you know um and <laughs> yeah what happens is that was our pop quiz as a, you know, as, as a business owner, as somebody, you know, working in business, that was our pop, that was, that time was our pop quiz and our, and our, our test is going to be coming. Um, I used to say it was like nine to 18 months, but I think it's probably about a year out maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but our test is coming and you can't claim the same kind of ignorance because you can, you can claim indifference at this point, but you can't claim ignorance. You knew. <laughs> and especially with the rise of social media and everything, you posted about it. So you knew um, you yes. just didn't make any lasting changes that, that are going to create issues for people. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting because it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, why don't we take a step back first and mm-hmm. help define some of the things that many are still grappling with, like yeah. like some of the terminologies, which always seem to be the like the issue for so many people, mm-hmm. um, not really understanding terminology. So, um, and I can speak for myself in this. So, you know, so many <laughs> are still offended by the words white privilege, and I'll, I'll be. Frank, I mm-hmm. I thought it was an insult and it offended me for so long. How could they say I work so hard? You know, the same the same rhetoric exactly. that we hear that we mm-hmm. we 
I didn't understand. And mm-hmm. so I would love you to explain it best to help, you know, create, uh, unclog their, their, you know, adversity to it. Yeah. So one of the biggest things, I, and I can't remember who told me this, this was one of my family members, one of my older generation family members, but they said, you know, education isn't really about you learning to do anything. It's just expanding your vocabulary. And I was like, huh. And it's kind of stuck my whole life. Um, because if you, if you know what you're looking, if you, if you know the word of what you're looking for, you're going to be able to find it, right? If you don't know the word, there's no way you're going to be able to find it. Right? It's like, it's like trying to explain a sun, the sun to someone that's ever seen the sun, right? You can't, just can't, right? right? So, um, my biggest thing, uh, Whenever I start a training or a talk or anything, I, I do sit down with with the audience and I and explain some of these words because it's really important that you understand it and understand it in a way where it's not they're not bad things, right? Everything is on a spectrum and and it just depends on where you sit on that spectrum. And they're not bad things. You know, being white is not something you have to apologize for. Being black is not something you have to apologize for. Being anything is not something you have to apologize for. What you do have to apologize for is if you're wrong and you were mean, <laughs> right? That's, that's right. when you, apology comes in, right? And so when you hear the word, uh, the, the term white privilege, what a lot of people think is, you know, like fancy cars, watches, you know, Louis Vuitton, like, that's what they think about when they think about privilege. But really what it comes down to is, and I like to explain it in the way that um, if you are outside the norm, right? So if in your family, the family you grew up in, it was normal that everybody made their bed in the morning, right? When you went over to your friend's house, then you're like, dude, your bed's a mess. It like didn't, it didn't compute well with your brain because you were taught that you get up, you make your bed, right? That was just part of the deal, right? And so you had a level of education that was different than somebody else. Not saying either way is bad. You can make your bed or not make your bed. It's a totally okay either way. You're going to get back in it tonight. Don't worry, right? But um, it's, it's, a, it's the difference of being a norm, right? In your family, the norm was you make, their, you make your bed. In their family, the norm was maybe you brush your teeth first in the day. I don't know, right? And so when it comes to white privilege, think about it as being outside of the norm, um, in the United States, uh, in the UK, the norm is being white. I mean, and that's, that's just because of just how history played out. <laughs> I mean, not, not, any, not, not necessarily because of any other reason than the people that were in charge were white. Um, just like if you go to Africa, some of the countries, mm-hmm. the norm is being black. You're weird if you're white. Like, <laughs> that's just part of the deal, right? And so part of white privilege is because you're part of the norm, things are built in a way that makes it easier for you. So think about it this mm-hmm. way. Um, I happen to be lucky enough to have my sight, right? Like I can, I can see I'm not colorblind. I do have to wear glasses, but overall I don't, okay, I should wear glasses. I have them. <laughs> I don't wear them all the time. <laughs> we sit here more often than not than, than actually yeah. being on my face. So, um, you know, I, I have that privilege of, of, of having my eyesight. It's not, it's not anything I did or didn't do. It's just, it just so happens that I was born right, perfectly working eyes. Right. And so I'm able to get in my car. I'm able to drive to my favorite coffee shop. I'm able to walk in without any issues. I'm able to see when there's ice on the road. I'm able to see, right. I'm able to, to judge a whole bunch of stuff just by having my eyesight, right. Versus if someone doesn't have their eyesight, then it, it creates a whole nother level of barriers. And it's just because the world is 
built for people that have working eyes. Like, <laughs> that, and that, right. that's just, that's just it. So I have a privilege, right? I could say I'm, you know, handy capable or not handy capable. I'm, I'm privileged to be a norm of having working, completely working eyes, right? Um, and that's where that handy capable or, or um, handicap or, you know, that kind of stuff comes in where we don't mm-hmm. even think about the stuff that we just automatically assume, right? Like, I don't know if right. you ever had a cold, but like, <laughs> this happens to me every time I have a cold and you can't breathe through your nose and you're like, all those days I could breathe through my nose. I wasn't grateful for it. Right. <laughs> Right, like you're like sitting there on the couch feeling really bad for yourself. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's a really it's (laughs) it's like yeah, it's like just it's what we have and what we expect every single day versus recognizing what what we don't have so that like that that knit that nose one was a great one so the cold one without breathing you're right it's like why didn't I appreciate my breathing at the moment because now I'm cursing my nose right yeah Yeah, now I'm like can you just can you work just one nostril just one (laughs) right so So that's that's yeah I like to explain my privilege is Mm -hmm. it's not it's not how hard you've worked it's not what you've been given but it's it's being able to walk through the world in a way that is different than others just just by happenstance of being born that way not because right. you did anything but because you were born that way so that's why it's a great it's a great explanation because so many people like i said take offense to it and it it does sound that way you know when you first hear it, it you is. think yeah, oh yeah. because privilege was always like silver spoonish you know what i mean so mm-hmm. so you're exactly. sort of taking it into a just a different context okay so um the next one is is kind of a big one um, for me, what, which was the idea of what does it mean to be an ally? There was a lot of talk around this, and there it was also sort of combined a little bit with the discussion about being anti-racist. So yes. what are the nuances there? What do you think they mean, and how, how could you describe yeah, that? So- my biggest thing is you can't be an ally unless you're anti-racist or anti-whatever, right? And and think of it this way, um, in a war, right, you can't be an ally with, with another, you know, army unless you're both against the same enemy, right? right, right so right. think of it that way. And it's not, not that we're necessarily at war, but um, you cannot be an ally unless you're being an anti or for something right? You have to be, you have to be for or against something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the term being anti-racist really came into being a, about a year ago. Um, and the reason that came into being is because people are like, we're allied, we're, you know, we're your ally, right? And they weren't actually doing anything, <laughs> right? Actions speak louder than words, especially when it comes to changing society's mm-hmm. viewpoints or the way we function, right? Um, and so anti-racist came in to help educate people and incite them into action, right? Because you can say you're an ally. I can, I can say I'm, I'm allied with people, that's fine. But if I'm not actually going to say, hey, you know, what you just said, kind of sexist (laughs) gonna gonna point that out to you i i'll have this conversation with you if you're open with open to it but if you're not i'm just pointing it out to you so that i'm saying what you just did or said was not acceptable in my in my little bubble of people right and so that's where anti-racist came in is 
is when you see something, you say something, um, and you don't necessarily have to make it even a bad situation. I mean, as an example, um, I was talking with a girl the other day, and um, I'm single. <laughs> I was like, I, I am you know, too. So you're don't don't right. be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> Where was that, like, baby? <laughs> right. We were in a coffee shop, and I was like, oh, he is adorable, and he was giving me the I like you eyes, and we were having a good old time talking about this, right? And this this girl that was sitting there, she's like, well, he and he's from a different country. I can't remember uh, Albania, I think. Um, and because he was speaking, I don't know what Albanian speak, but that language something. <laughs> Anyway, right? Albanian. And there's a movie, right? Albanian. I think. I think it's the same. I think. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That, that I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, and and she brought up that there's this movie taken, and the Albanians are sex traffickers. We're <laughs> really bad guys in this movie, and one if he's that. And I was like, that, like, I'm Didn't... in small town Wisconsin. Like, I don't think so. And I was like, that's a little racist. And that's all I said, right? I didn't have to make it a, I didn't have to make it a, a situation mm-hmm. where she had to feel bad about it. I didn't have to, but just to, just to point it out, a simple, yeah, a simple yeah. sentence to start the gears rolling, right? Because I am allied that y- you shouldn't, you shouldn't impart your wonderful biases and stereotypes on other people, even if they are 100% true for that person, that could be the, that could be the truth, but you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be the one imparting that. They should be the one showing you that. Um, if, yeah, if that's, that's where they sit, right? And so, um, and so just pointing it out so that the gears work that maybe that's not how the world functions, even though that may be how you've experienced people from mm-hmm. Albania through a movie. <laughs> that may not be all Albanians. Everything. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the and generalizations, so that, the 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 mm-hmm. con- yep. stereotypes like and generalizations. People, exactly. I like to say people probably do fit a stereotype. Don't get me wrong. Like I, it just it's just part of the deal, right? Because <clears throat> stereotypes are centered in truth for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but I like to say have that person show you who they are, not who you think they are. By by mm-hmm. adding a stereotype that. onto a person, you're not actually giving them a chance to interact with you authentically. Um, for example, um, you know, people look at me and they think black, they think woman, right? Um, so they impart a bunch of stereotypes. I mean, one of the stereotypes that I've gotten a few times is angry black woman, which if anyone has ever heard me speak or <laughs> knows me, I'm giggly, I'm bubbly, I will call mm-hmm. you out on some bullshit, but I am not angry, <laughs> right? I'm not like a raging kind of, right? And so, um, <laughs> but that was imparted on me because that's, that's a stereotype. I mean, that's a very well-known stereotype, right? And even though it didn't fit me, I was showing you something completely different. Um, and, and yet you still am part of that. So that's, that's really where anti-racist versus ally. Anti-racist says you'll say something. Ally means I may think that's wrong, but being, being anti or for something means you're actually going to have an action in place to take care of whatever that would be. Hey there, it's Jill with a quick break from the conversation. Do you women feel like your body is starting to rebel and you're just aching to take back control again? For years, you've given so much to so many, and somehow parts of you just got lost in the mix. I know this because that's how it was for me. Well, it's time for you to make your comeback. You heard me right. That's why I wrote a five-step blueprint for how to start living your best years from this day forward. 
It's called Wicked, Ageless, and Doing Epic Shit. And you can download your own free copy today by visiting wickedawesomeyou.com slash ebook. And now let's get back to the show. I had, you know, a huge awakening, like I told you, but part of my purpose changed in a week's period. And the, peri- mm-hmm. the, the thing that changed for me was when I think of anti-racist and I think of being an ally, I think I'm going to stand up for what I believe mm-hmm. and not be afraid to speak it um, mm-hmm. without trying to enforce uh, my yes. beliefs on them trying to enlighten because when I had the moment of like, wow, this is real. And it wasn't just one moment, a series of Mm -hmm. uh, things that happened. But um, I realized that it takes multiple times to hear things. It Mm -hmm. takes sometimes just a different, just one shift, one small little shift in the way somebody says something. So I feel like if I can possibly play that part, I would like to. Um, mm-hmm. so I understand when families don't agree, I think it's okay. I just think you, you have a responsibility as an anti-racist, as an ally to at least speak what you believe. Yeah. And when that comes up, I mean, I have, um, <clears throat> vastly different family members. I mean, both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> really? <laughs> and so... Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> it's, I find all things entertaining, all things. Like I watch the debates straight for entertainment. <laughs> like I was oh like, God. this is going to be good. I was like yeah. stressy. I, I literally <laughs> ate popcorn and watched these like, huh, well, that went like I planned it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, so I, you know, because I come from a place of love and education, right? So yeah. I, I can love you whether I agree with you or not, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I saw this really good thing on Facebook. It was only a few months ago. Um, and it had to do with the election. We're here in America. So, you know, election. Um, and it mm-hmm. was... I didn't, I didn't unfriend you because of who you were voting for. I unfriended you because I didn't like how you said it. And I didn't right. like you as a person. Anymore, right. Because right. honestly, I, I mean, I, I was in the military. So, um, you know, we look at things a little differently and I don't, I don't care who you vote for in, in all honesty. I don't care. What I do care mm-hmm. is you are fulfilling the obligation of being a functioning U.S. citizen and using that right to vote. Because it's an obligation. It's not, a, it's not, people talk about it as a right. It's an obligation, right? And so um, I, I've, I've used that phrase a few times. Um, you know, I didn't like you as a person anymore. And, that, and that, that's okay. Like you, we, have the, we have billions of people on this planet. You can choose who you want in your circle, right? right? Um, and, and I mean, I've, I've done it for, for both sides of the spectrum where you're going too far. You're radicalizing things to the point where, that's you're not helping anyone at that point right um and you're you're not doing enough you're sitting on the fence too much and at that point you're not helping anybody right there's a there's a nice middle cushiony area where you can educate but you don't necessarily have to be rude about it right <laughs> um, right and and you can you can help change because never in a million years have you heard a child say when my parents were yelling at me I was listening to the fullest of my ability and learning like that never never I mean you go to the teenagers right. and they're like I just 
I just didn't listen. And the kids, they only heard the first, like the little little babies, they only heard the first few sentences and then they were like a mess, right? So that, that never helps. When you go to an extreme, it never, ever helps. But when you actually take the time to step back and look at why they view it that way, right? Like for example, with the white privilege, right? You think privilege is a silver spoon or, you know, I've got cash or whatever, right? But when you step back and go, oh, well, you know, it is a privilege that, you know, I live in the United States and I was born here and I happen to have the rights I have, not by any fault of my own. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be here, (laughs) right? Right. And so when you take a step back and realize that it could be coming from a place of fear, um, it could be coming from a place of ignorance, it could be coming from a place of they've had different life experiences with, with, with whatever you're talking about. And, and that's completely valid and okay. Um, but what's not okay is when you start creating animosity or anger or, you know, piling on someone just because they're a little mm-hmm. different or maybe a lot different than what you believe. Right. So that, that's kind of where I, where I would recommend, cause yeah, I know a lot good. of people <laughs> ask me about Thanksgiving. They're like, we're doing family Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, man. Um, And that's where it comes in. And and sometimes you can just say, I'm not comfortable talking about this with you, or this is not going to be a a good conversation. It's not going to, it's not going to result in us being better family members Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I know what you believe. I know what I believe and neither of us are changing our stances and that's fine. Move on. Talk about, I don't know, the turkey or something. The turkey. Yeah. I was going to say the food, right? Talk about, talk about your cousin's new baby. I don't know. Right. Other. Um, and take a step back from that conversation because mm-hmm. you know that you've both had life experiences that have created separate worldviews and those worldviews are never going to come together. Right. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's part of the human experience, but understanding that that could be really what is underlying. So this is going to sound kind of funny, but so, you know, so many of our listeners are, I say, set in our ways that we're mm-hmm. set in our ways. Yeah. And not because we're stubborn, because I don't believe that's the case. We're just not in our 20s and 30s where we're a little bit more malleable, maybe. And there is still so much room um, for personal growth for women over 40, women over 50, women over 60, you know, like personal growth should never, ever start. So why do you think it's so scary to have to come to terms with our own bias at a later stage in life? Like, are we beating ourselves up? I mean, (laughs) I would say it's scary no matter what. It's Mm -hmm. scary no matter when you're six and your parents are telling you no and you're realizing that that's going to be how it is, (laughs) right? And then you cry because you're feeling this sadness and this fear, (laughs) right? It's scary when you're 20 and you're realizing that not everybody is your actual friend, right? Um, It's scary when you're in your 40s and going through a divorce or, you know, it's just scary. (laughs) Right? It's scary. And the reason it's scary is because every single person, I've mentioned this before, every single person has a worldview. And the world, literally what it is, is your perception of how the world functions and should continue to function. And each person has a separate one. I mean, you could be raised side by side with the sibling and you guys could have two completely separate worldviews just based off of one instance, one situation. That's it. Like that could literally change it. Right. And so 
No one likes that because our worldviews are built so heavily and so deeply in our psyche and how we make decisions and how we look at people, how we interact with people, how we interact with things, how we make, you know, all of that. It's so deep that when you have to start realizing that there is room for personal growth, and this is part of Mm -hmm. the reason why um, talking with someone that really loves, loves, loves personal growth is like so refreshing, Mm -hmm. right? Like it feels good. And the reason that is, is because that person has allowed themselves to evolve continually, right? When when you stop letting yourself evolve continually, you start feeling like this, like, it's, I, I call it like a crystallization. Like, I don't know if you've ever left the pot, like, <laughs> on the stove for a long time and the heat just keeps going, yes. right? And it just kind of like crystallizes stuff and you're like, this is nasty. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> like it's right. too late. <laughs> Let me just throw out the pot, right? Right. And so that's what I like to see. But people that don't don't work on personal growth, they're not constantly adding water to that pot. Mm. And so as things happen and things change and the heat is life, right? The, the stuff Great the only analogy. thing you can count on is change in light, right? Um that if you don't keep adding water, which is new ideas and new ways of, of looking at things and dealing with things and, and, you know, dealing with your own internal biases and trauma and everything, right? If you're not constantly going to do that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get gross in there. And no one likes to put their hands in a gross, nasty pot. I don't care right. who you are. That's nasty. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, totally. Uh, I'm going to soak it for a while <laughs> like, and then I'll leave it for a few days. <laughs> right. And that's what happens is when, when you are so set in your ways, you've got to then add a bunch of personal growth and then just let it percolate for a while, which doesn't feel good. Right. You get all pruney and nasty. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you've got to actually start cleaning it and scrubbing it. And then you can start using it again. Right. And, and when, I, and when I say it, I mean your brain, I mean your emotional intelligence right? Um, And if you don't do that, it makes it even harder and harder and harder and harder and it just keeps snowballing, right? Um, And so that's why when you're in your 20s and 30s, especially when you're in your 20s, because you're not actually mentally fully like developed until you're like 24, 25, it's so easy to keep adding new ideas. And that's why we teach children, right? We, 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 you know, send them to school and, you know, educate Mm -hmm. them because it's so easy for that brain to soak up new information because it's still working. Right. Um, and it's still working on growing and adding synapses and all of that. Right. Once you start hitting like 28, um, your brain starts dying. (laughs) Like that's the fact, right? Your everything stops growing, and so it slowly is decaying. Um, and if you're not constantly adding new ideas purposely, you're it's going to be even harder. It's like when people say, "I went to college, I got my bachelor's, and then I spent you know three years in the workforce, and I had a really really hard time going back for my master's." Well, yeah, yeah. because your brain was no longer used to being used that way. That is right. That is great. Um, you just, so you just were like a, older. like a PSA for uh, personal development. That was great <laughs> for me. <more> than... <laughs> Read them books. Listen to them podcasts. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it's really great. Right? It's so true. You become, you yeah. know, yeah, totally. I, I used to think that. You become uh, stuck. You become yeah, stuck. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a lot more time, but I have three. I'll, I'll say like kind of, we won't, they're not rapid fire questions, but they're close. Okay. I can, I can rapid fire this. I can talk fast. So, no, no, no. So yeah, good. So um, if you could give one um, piece of advice to women that either are working for big companies or running their own business, how can they do something to provide a better work culture that is inclusive and Mm -hmm. is an anti-racist one. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything starts with you. 
So if you were like, white privilege is shitty, <laughs> right? You can I'm so annoyed. Yeah. Um, right. Um, if you if you feel um, discomfort, emotional or mental or even physical sometimes discomfort by having to have conversations about stuff that in our society is considered taboo. For right. example, race, um, religion, uh, sex, yes. like all of those things. If Pelvic floor. Having, <laughs> right. So, very important. Do them Kegels. Do them. Yeah. You'll, you'll thank me later. Um, <laughs> But if you have a discomfort talking about that, it's not because of someone else. It's because of you. Right. Um, and you have to become comfortable in that because you can't, you can't help someone unless you understand and you can't understand unless you've either been through it or you've educated yourself. And sometimes Excellent. even if you have, if you've educated yourself, you still don't understand, right? Um, but part of education is learning to be sympathetic, right? Sympathetic to things that maybe you've never gone through. If you're, if you, if you've gone through it, you can be empathetic, right? Because you've actually you understand those feelings. You've been through it, right? Um, it's like somebody that's never been through the divorce saying divorce isn't hard. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> right? Um, and it's just because they have not educated themselves on maybe the actual legal process of it and how stressful mm -hmm. that is, or they haven't educated themselves on the emotional process of it or whatever it is, whatever, right? And so if you are owning a business, if you work in corporate, I don't, I don't really care. If you, if you interact with humans, you need to be educating yourself on other people's human experiences. You may not even agree with them. You may think that they're absolutely crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. namely religion, right? If you are re one religion, you're going to look at the other religions and be like... <laughs> you're crazy, right? But um, you still need to understand more than just the sound bite, it's like sound bite propaganda that comes out, right? right. Um, you need to have right. a deeper, fuller understanding. So that would be, that would be my thing is, is start with the stuff that makes you feel start with yourself and then start. Yep. It, but the stuff that makes like literally you, when you have to have a conversation about it or someone brings it up, right? You feel uncomfortable with yep. nine times out of 10, it comes from a fear and a fear comes from usually ignorance. So do a Google search, just do a Google search. Yep. You'll go down the rabbit hole. Don't worry. <laughs> no <fun>. doubt. <laughs> so um, what can we do to keep awareness up? Like I remember when this was going on, I felt like, do I have to go to protest? Mm -hmm. Because so many of us want to make a difference and we don't really know how to put our energies. I mean, for me, my energies during COVID was, you know, I'm staying home, protecting my family and protecting myself. So mine mm -hmm. became being a full ally and anti-racist. Like that's what mm -hmm. it became for me. So what would you suggest? Is it? Like, yeah. So. Um, to keep awareness up, one, I have never, and I, I, I don't like to say the word never, but pr probably will never go to a protest ever. I don't go to rallies. I don't go on uh -uh, No. Reason being, Interesting. <laughs> in my okay. thought, in my thought, yeah, I know. I know a DEI educator that's never been. Um, reason being, my thought is I can do more talking one-on-one -on -one with somebody and educating yeah. them than I can sitting on the side of the road holding a sign. That's just my thought. Totally right? agree. Because if, if you read something and you don't understand it, you're not actually going to get your mind changed like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So there's that. So for me, keeping awareness up comes from um, 
using the education you're doing for yourself, right? Like answering that last question, doing the education yourself, and then using it to help educate those around you. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's your team. Maybe it's, you know, your, your, you know, assistant manager. I don't, I don't know who that would be. Um, and it could be all of the above, but um, educating them and taking them along on the journey that you're now going on, right? And that is how you keep awareness up because that person then can invite the next the next person in their circle to then follow, come with them on that journey and follow them down yep. a path of education and, and enlightenment. So that's that's how I like to keep awareness up um, is is inviting people to come with me. For example, right now, shameless plug for this book because I'm kind of in love with it. It's called In the Flow by Elisa. Alyssa Vitti. Um, and it's Perfect. all about women's hormones. It's, oh, it's brand new. It's brand, brand new. Like you can't even get the paperback yet, but um, <laughs> it's oh. all about, like women's hormones, like while we're still like bleeding and on our cycle and like how to match everything in your business and your work life. Oh my gosh, girl, I am okay. dying with this book. I'm like, oh, oh, that's so cool. Right. So anyway, I'm typing, like, I'm and typing. How to eat, <laughs> Uh-huh. It's like 25 bucks on Amazon. Oh you know, yeah. I'm going to go check it out for sure. I've got the audible version. So I'm actually listening to the authoress read it out loud and I'm kind of, kind of in love. Anyway, That's so great. I like joined her membership. <laughs> I went all in, but anyway, you know, and I have literally, I don't even know how many of my girlfriends I've invited to read this book now because I fully believe that if you are empowered within yourself and educating your own self and know this, why wouldn't you want to bring somebody else along on that education? If, if you're really a true anti-racist or a true ally or a true educator or a true leader or influencer, or whatever you call yourself, right? Manager, you want the people around you to continue to uplove themselves because then guess what? You get to keep them around. Otherwise, you got to find your next level of people. That's not fun. <laughs> Right. Like I like to keep my friends. So I'd like to bring them along with me. That's how I like to think about it. And so if you want to keep awareness up, bring people along with you, even on like little stuff, like, like, you know, just little stupid things that you learn. Um, and you're like, holy crap, that's a real thing. Okay. (laughs) You know, and you can, you can impart that information. Um, I like to post on social media. I mean, I do a lot of, obviously I'm a marketing strategist, so I do a lot of social media stuff, but, um, I like to post on social media as that stuff Mm -hmm. comes up for me. Um, but not everybody has that kind of level of, of audience or, you know, influence, whatever. So I would say, ask your best friend. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. So by the way, you, you have, I don't want to say dumped, but you've, you've given us <laughs> that's a terrible no. word. I do it on given every us. podcast I'm on. <laughs> so much. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> but you've given us so much really good insight and, um, enlightenment. And for me, it's enlightening to like re-listen to some of it, even for me. Um, and, and I really hope that you know, it just takes one, it just takes one person. Yeah, So exactly. um, that was always our goal was to uh, share what's happened with, with us here at Wicked Awesome You. Um, so I can't thank you enough, but I have one final question, which is, it's sort yeah. of a fun one, but if you actually had to pick one self-care product that you couldn't live without, what would it be? Ooh, okay. Self-care. Um, I'm a huge believer that personal hygiene is not self-care. I know people are like, go take a shower. It'll make you feel better. That's oh. not self-care. So um, my thing, um, okay, it's my kitchen. Like I know it's not one thing, but I really like to bake and I really like to cook. Um, and I find that when I'm in 
a very even keel, like mentally, um, I do a lot of it. So, um, and that, it makes me feel good. So that, that would be, that would be my self-care is, is, you know, I love my it. Little, my little setup. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, Jocelyn, what a treat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I hope that like next year, if you come back on and we discuss, we, maybe we'll see progress. Maybe we'll have good stories. I'll have stories to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope so because um, I think this is such an important um, discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only, you know, for, for everyone, for everyone with empathy and having um, compassion for all races, all uh, we're focused on women here. Well- yeah, I like uh-huh. to say anyone that it's different than you. So if you have kids that. and the person that doesn't, guess what? That's diversity. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, it's Love a that. hugely important skill to have of understanding that someone is coming from a walk of life that you aren't coming from, and right. and even if you're like grew up in the same town, they're still coming from a different walk of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Have have a great holiday. You too. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. The power of change is that it just takes one person to experience a shift. We hope this episode reached at least one person today. And I hope you'll take what you've learned and use it to start driving change. As Jocelyn said, being an ally doesn't mean you have to be out protesting. It is as simple as standing up for what is right. Remember, if you can't stand with others being treated unjustly, how can you expect them to stand for you when you are in need? All the links to Jocelyn's work are in our show notes on our website. You can follow her on Instagram at Jocelyn J. Kopak. That's J-O-C-E-L-Y-N-J-K-O-P-A-C. And if you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave us a great review so new listeners know how valuable our episodes are and that we can help as many women over 40 live tomorrow like it's better than today. And last week, I promised a big announcement, so here we go. We are opening the wait list for our exclusive subscription collection this Friday, December 18th. If you haven't heard me talk about it yet, this is a quarterly collection that will land on your doorsteps filled with hand-curated items from the worlds of beauty, health, wellness, anti-aging, technology, and more. They are all designed for women celebrating life after 40. Getting on the wait list means you'll be one of the first to be notified for our founding members launch in January. Founding members of the box receive extra bonus products in their first collection. And they aren't just little products. These are the good ones. To sign up for the waitlist, visit wickedawesomeyou.com slash waitlist. Remember, the waitlist doesn't open until Friday, December 18th. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>